This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Times best-selling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is the Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And today, Taylor, I'm excited because we're going to be having a conversation about the International Thriller Writers Artificial Intelligence Survey. They did two surveys in March of 2023. One was to authors and one was to readers. Uh, we're going to focus on the one for authors today, and then we may do the readers later. Uh, we may not, or we may do them both together. We don't know. Um, but I do need to read this quick disclaimer. The results of this survey are intended to be used for information purposes only. And this is an ITW disclaimer. International Thriller Writers does not accept any liability for any loss, damage, caused as a result of any reliance on the results of this survey. Individuals, organizations, or publications quoting the results of this survey should cite it as the International Thriller Writers AI Author Survey, which we are hereby citing it as. Yes. So today's show is basically going to be just, we're not going to do any chit chat because the whole show is going to be just me and Steve. We were talking about this survey and we we're like, we should just record this. This is just a conversation. We're going to talk about it together like we would do if we weren't recording. And y'all get to be flies on the wall and just listen in on us, uh, bloopers and everything else. But we wanted to talk about this and we thought you guys might be interested in it too. So, To be fair, they almost always get to hear the bloopers anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Question number one. And this is, again, two authors. There were 741 people who took this. Um, and presumably they're, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming they're ITW writers. So they're a part of the members, International maybe, Thriller yeah. Writers. Yeah, members. Um, are you ind an independent or traditionally published author? 42%, uh, 42.2% um, traditionally published, 19% independent, and... 38.7% hybrids or a mixture of both. How long have you been published? More than 20 it's, years it's is like, 8, 18%, 18.4%. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 15 to 20 years, 13%. 10 to 15 years, 22.7%. Uh, the, the one to five years is about, is about a quarter. So yeah. everybody else more than five years. And some yeah. more than 20 years. Annual income from writing. This one uh, blew my mind. Yes. The 62.1% less than $15,000. And ITW members probably aren't publishing books every year. Uh, some may be members and haven't published a book in years. Um, others may be doing, you know, a lot more. But... That was the majority, less than 15%. My, it's been my impression from the times that I've gone to Thriller Fest, which is the yearly 
conference that International Thriller Writers put on that a lot of the authors that are publishing, they're on the book a year sort of treadmill. But not everybody who is an IT member, ITW member is like even published or um or doing that. But just there are a lot of authors that go to these conferences that are, you know, just every year they've got a new book coming out. Yes. And this interestingly enough, um it, it skews like you might expect, 62% less than fifteen thousand dollars. Uh the next biggest number, fifteen to thirty thousand dollars annually so that's roughly 75 percent um but then what's crazy 30,000 or under and then yeah what's crazy is the next number that is the largest percentage which isn't quite 10 percent of the authors that responded to this but still it's a lot more than one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year so it's like these it's this huge disparity on the ends you know yes which i think we probably understand it, it is yeah. the nature of the business that a, a small percentage of authors make a lot of money and the majority make less. That's just, well, I just, the I, nature thought we of would, life. I thought we would be seeing a lot, a larger number in the middle, like a larger percentage in the 15 and 30 and 30 and 60. Like that's where I thought the bulk of the responses would be because those, that's, a somewhat livable wage, but it it's not. I think that maybe the most of the people who are responding to this don't write, don't don't live off of what they earn from writing. Yes. All right. So the next question, and this is this is the first one where we'll probably get into a little bit of discussion. Uh, do you use artificial intelligence as a part of your writing process? Uh, no was the majority answer at 63.7%, but yes was 36.3%. So what's the obvious question there? That 36.3% shocked me because artificial intelligence is still really rather new in terms of, you know, chat GPT being the, the big thing. And, and I was like, how are that many people using artificial intelligence as part of the writing process? And then we hit the next part of of it and I was like oh okay so we're talking about spell checkers and grammar checkers and whatnot and I was like okay I guess that makes a little bit more sense and and honestly if 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 everybody who was answering this question understood the definition of artificial intelligence as to include grammar checkers and spell checkers then this should be a hundred percent yes so I don't think everybody who answered this question actually and was talking about the same thing and so the next the next page is if yes, how do you use artificial intelligence? So again, that's the sixty percent or sixty two percent, whatever it was. Oh, I'm sorry, the thirty six percent that said yes. Um, the majority answers were for spelling checks and grammar checks, but the ones after that, so twenty four percent of the thirty some percent said they use them to come up with ideas or to help structure ideas. I I found that interesting. So that's actually, then you're actually kind of using some, what we today would consider to be artificial intelligence, despite the fact that grammar checking and spell checking is artificial intelligence. It, this is getting into the sexier or more. Chat gpt -er. Yeah, chat gpt -er. I love that. Is that a, <laughs> is that a, a new descriptive verb? Trademark it. 
<laughs> so yeah, so there are there are people that are already doing that. And then there are some um very a, a big number, 30, oh no, 11, 11% of the 36% are using it to help with marketing material and to help with blurbs. So see this this just it 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 possibly because I'm still somewhat brain foggy from day to day and my my neurons just aren't firing the way that they should to me the idea of using artificial intelligence to help with some of these things is as mentally exhausting as just doing it myself like having to figure out how to get the machine to give you what you want is a whole of it, it that's its own level of work too so it it just amazes me that there that people have the brain capacity <laughs> to be able to figure out how to make something do the thing that they don't want to or feel confident in doing themselves. It's just well, one it's thing you can do. It's a skill set. It's an acquired skill set. One thing you can do, and I've I've heard of other people who are doing this. It's certainly not my ingenious idea, um, but you can train. Chat GPT, as I think we all understand, you can train Chat GPT on certain things. So you could train Chat GPT on blurbs that are converting well at Amazon or book summaries that are converting well at Amazon or some other online store. And so you could give it like 10 and say, learn from this, and then give it your outline and say, write a blurb for this outline that's similar to these other. 10 that are selling well in your genre. So it it doesn't really take that much brain power to do it. And for some authors, those for whom it's easier to write an 80,000 word book than to write uh, an Amazon blurb, that would be a big time saver and a big yeah, I... uh, mental exhaustion <laughs> saver. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I'm just thinking like, I wouldn't even know how to start with that. It's mentally exhausting just not even knowing where to begin. Don't anybody send me suggestions. I won't, I won't do anything with them right <laughs> That's now. That's all said, Taylor. I, chat GPT no, prompt. I, I know a lot of people, <laughs> they hear me say that, and they're so excited about whatever the thing is. They're like, oh, I'll teach you how to do it. And I was like, no, that wasn't a request to learn how. It was an admission of a failure. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the blessings of Taylor working with me, who is much older than she is because I'm never going to say that Taylor has aged, aged even a day in the time that I've known her, but that as I have aged, I'm able to just say, yeah, I can't do that and, and move on. So There's maybe you've learned that from freedom, me. A little bit of freedom that comes with that. I'm just going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's for the next generation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, um, next question. Uh, also interesting, uh, do you have a literary agent? Yes, only 43% of yeah, ITW respondents had a literary agent. No was 47, 57%. Did that surprise you? Um, well, in isolation, the, the question or the answer in isolation, no. But I'd really like to know how it measures up against some of the other answers, like, say, yes. your like income revenue. or, yes. yeah, like, <laughs> just not knowing the correlations is like, oh, that's that's interesting. All right. The next question 
If yes, has your agency communicated with you about the challenges and opportunities presented by artificial intelligence? Taylor was not surprised by this answer. I was a little bit surprised. 99.5% said no. Yeah, so I, would... I'm not because it's so outside their purview. Like most people imagine agents like, I don't know, like how you see them in the movies where they're like managing your career and giving you all this advice and telling you, you know, you should do this or that or sorting stuff out for you. And the agents just sell books. You write the book. They tell you if they think they can sell it, they might offer a few suggestions on things that they would recommend changing. And then they turn around and go to all their contacts. And they're like, hey, I got this really hot new property. And I think you're looking for something like this. And they sell it. That's all that they do. They don't like get have, I mean, there might be some real up and coming younger, hungry agents who were like super heavily involved in their clients, you know, business dealings or whatever. I don't know. But that's just generally not how it works. The, the agents only get paid when they sell your stuff. They don't really get paid for anything else. So everything else is an investment. And if it's not a conversation that they think is going to be an investment, why would they have it? They're not attuned to what's happening with artificial intelligence because it doesn't impact their work, their you know side of it. So I just would be really surprised to hear that agents are having those types of conversations with their authors but down the road, if artificial intelligence sort of gets in interjected into the publishing process stream somehow, in a sense that let's say publishers are like, we are no longer accepting any submissions that have been done by artificial intelligence or whatever, then that's the conversation agents would need to have with their authors saying, hey, this, these publishers have made this type of statement on AI, so you need to know that if you're going to submit a book XYZ, right? I can see it in that sense, but otherwise, why would they have this conversation? What What's the purpose of it? All right, so I'm, I'm going to comment on what you just said. I think we're already there. I think there are publishers who are already doing this, who are already who are already putting together policies about this kind of thing and trying to determine what level of AI assistance would run you afoul of their submission guidelines. And I think that agents should be communicating with people now, even if they don't know the specifics, just saying you need to keep track of this stuff. If you're using it in any way, shape or form, other than for grammar checking and for spelling checking, um, you need to keep track of, of this. And well, yeah, if, because if you might need, you might need to know at some point. Yeah, if publishers are starting to do that to create policies, then then at that point, yes, it becomes a necessary part of the conversation. But at the time this was done earlier, this whenever it was March last month, done, I, you know, March. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just it's still in its infancy, you know, but it takes a while for the industry to catch up with stuff like this, I think. I saw a presentation the other day on um, some writing software. I can't, well, I, I can remember the name of it, but I'm not going to say what it was. But it's it's one of those tools that helps you to uh, structure a book. And they are very obviously incorporating ChatGPT into it in, in ways that they've got like little windows open and different things where you can 
uh, where you can very quickly build a list of characters and then character descriptions and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they are this particular writing tool, um, which is probably used by thousands of writers, has this in it. So writing tools are already incorporating this. And a writing tool is, right. you know, can be something like Word. And I don't know if you see it. Microsoft's got a new thing called Pilot or something like that. This is Steve jumping in with an editing clarification. It's actually called Microsoft 365 Copilot. And I refer to it multiple times through the course of this discussion with Taylor as Pilot. But the correct name is Microsoft 365 Copilot. Now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Uh, a new a new tool that's part of their office suite for Windows that's also incorporating AI. So it's going to be difficult to get away from it very soon. Yeah, I can already see the direction my brain is going on this, which is I'm going to become a curmudgeon that insists <laughs> on using analog watches and <laughs> you know, cassette tapes <laughs> because the further we go into computer-controlled territory, the more opposite direction I'm going to go. That's 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 the way my brain works. But anyway, I'm, Taylor and I are a little, we're at cross-purposes with the um, agency responses. I, I feel like this should be happening and they should be proactive about it, and Taylor disagrees. So I'm more like, eh, you know, I just don't really see that as having been in their purview so far, but that could be changing. Uh, and so if, if let's just say, for example, you're an agent and you have a writer who doesn't really understand the potential consequences of, of using AI as an integral part of their writing process. But do any of us understand the consequences? Because the rules haven't been established yet. So Right, but we understand know, that there may be consequences. There may be consequences, yes. 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 So at that point, if you're not thinking about it on your own, um, having someone suggest to you that you think about the potential consequences of using these tools and keeping track of of what's being done with them uh, because we we don't know in in 3 years everything may be clearly spelled out uh, but right yeah. now it's chaos i mean okay the next question on this thing is mm -hmm. do your do your publishing contracts include wording limiting publishers ability to use artificial intelligence to generate material from your work sort of side note but now we're talking about publishing contracts right mm -hmm. and as soon as you bring in the word contract into the discussion then now it's fully 100 inside the agent's wheelhouse it involves a contract wording in a contract the agent needs to be absolutely on top of that so in that sense yes and yes and in that in that but sense in the question, results of this question would would lead you back to the results of the other question and this one is overwhelmingly either no or don't know so it's it's not showing but up in contracts. But the fact that there's yet. anyone here, the fact that there's anyone here that mm -hmm. says yes, and mm -hmm. it's a very, very small sliver that says yes, the publishing contracts include wording like that, that right there tells you, okay, 
this is the direction things are starting to go. Whether whatever that language says, whether it allows them or limits them or whatever, the fact that it has already been discussed in somebody's contract is sort of like looking glass into the future. Do your do your publishing contracts include any other wording specific to artificial intelligence? And again, like similar answer, almost almost 100 percent are saying no or they don't know the people who say they don't know a little hands. Yeah, like one and a half. Um, But then there's some that say yes. So that means there are already contracts out there that are including this wording in it. And that's the part that makes me I'm like, oh, that's the part that makes me curious. Yeah. And it might be interesting to know. What percentage of people have signed a contract in the last 180 days that have that language in there? It might be a much higher percentage because two years ago, it's, no one was thinking about yeah, this. No. Well, the same thing happened with ebooks, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of yes. authors that had published before the event of ebooks, there's no mention of ebooks in their contracts whatsoever. And that created huge fights over what the publisher could and couldn't do with them. And a lot of those authors got their rights back. And and won their fights because the language wasn't there. But then there was others because the language was worded a certain way. The publishers could still wiggle their way through and take those rights, even though they hadn't technically bought them when they signed the contract. So it it the wording in every contract is going to really really matter. And then this one says. Do you think publishers will make increasing use of artificial intelligence in the publication process? And this one really stumped me because. Um, I'm like, let's, you know, for, for proofreading, for grammar checking, for that type of stuff, I, I can sort of kind of see them making use of that. But is that any different than any other industry that uses it for those reasons? Would you consider that being part of the publication process as, as in unique to the publishing industry? And that's where I get a little like, eh, I'm not so sure. Maybe for crafting blurbs but like blurbs are not blurbs but you know the book summaries that are on the back of the jackets and stuff i mean those things are thrown together so fast and just you know in whenever i've seen one of those come my way i'm just like oh my god realize and then i get to work trying to you know clean it up a little bit and make it better but it's not like anyone spends a really long time working on any of this stuff it's very just move it move it move it move it so i don't know yeah, so uh, the responses to this uh, are kind of the opposite of the last couple that we've looked at, where I don't, yes, uh, let's see, what were the answers? Uh, no, and I don't know were the overwhelming uh, answer. In this case, no, yes, yes, yes is, oh yeah, exactly. In this case, it's yes and don't know is the overwhelming um, answer. So, so the ITW authors do think publishers will make increasing use of artificial intelligence in the publication process. And you have to think, uh, just in terms of of being a publisher right now, and all of the people that interact with publishers, a lot of the editors that work for publishers are contract workers. So they have contracts with the publisher. The authors have contracts with the publishers. The authors are getting work done from an editor who's got a contract with the publisher, not with the author. and you know, who knows what language, how the AI language is spelled out in those different things. Do the editors have the right to use 
to do an AI pass uh, for editing as, as a first editing pass? Or do they not have the right? And if they have the right, should the authors know that? It's it's puzzling. Yeah. It could be I, that I, it'll reach a point where the authors have to know that. Like, I can see AI being used heavily on the marketing side of the publication process um, with book comps and sales comps and all of that. But, I mean, I think they're kind of have been doing that anyway. It's just we haven't called it artificial intelligence. We've been calling it databases, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, but like, if I, if I was submitting a book and the editor's like, okay, I'm going to run this first pass through AI, I don't really, I, to me, I think my biggest concern would be how much are you really paying attention? Because if the AI is being used as a tool to help, you know, parse information more quickly, you know that the end result doesn't mean that your book's going to get more attention and care. It means that now the editor is going to end up taking on more books because that time didn't get freed up for you. It got freed up for more of everything. That's where my biggest objection would lie. Yes. And as always the case with technology, as technology becomes a part of the process, the cost goes down and the publishers would recognize that the cost is going down and they would begin paying less to contract editors. And then you've got that downward cycle happening. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. that that's where my objection comes into play, not like, oh, I don't trust the technology or something, but everything that we just said. Okay, the next chart is a little difficult to read, uh, but I I'll read the, the question. When the technology is of sufficiently high standard, do you think it is likely publishers will make use of artificial intelligence to replace writers entirely? So that's a pretty precise question. Yeah, and I think that it would be really stupid for them to do it that way. I mean, here, here's my take on it, okay? It's like everybody that works in the publishing industry that isn't authoring work themselves is working to publish, produce and publish what someone else has written. So if you're going to replace writers entirely, you're going to have to replace them with something you're going to have to replace them with content creators of some at some level and publishing industry is not real big on bringing that type of stuff in house they're doing everything they can to get this as much of this process out of house as possible that's why they they don't have in house well very few in house copy editors anymore or they'll even have you know editors at large who aren't in house but they contract for the publishing industry, I mean, publish the publishing company. So if they're doing everything they can to get processes out of house to reduce their overhead, what sense does it make to bring a content creator in-house to replace what's already giving you the product that, that you're working on? Like, maybe I'm just not insightful enough into this. I think... Like, publishers are going to do whatever it takes to make money. That's that's their whole purpose. I mean, sure, a lot of people in the publishing industry love books and are all about the writing, and that's why they do it, but they are not the publishing industry. They are cogs in the machine, but the, the overall industry as a whole, it exists to make money. It is a business. If there is a way for them to replace writers 
and make money, then they'd do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> a lot of them would. But figuring out how to do that in a way that provides a product that the audience wants, that's a little more iffy. Like, it's it's possible that, you know, Hollywood has been <laughs> using artificial intelligence to write scripts for the last 15 years, given the the derivative nature of so much of what comes out of there and the audience just still keeps eating it up for all we know it's a machine in a corner spitting out scripts and and we're cool with it so who's to say that if it happened in the publishing industry too things wouldn't just continue on business as usual i don't know but first of all i know i i, I believe we that's not the case with hollywood we just end up with derivative stuff anyway for other reasons but because it makes money, books are a lot less so that the books are a lot more uh, diverse in content, in structure. There's just so much more about them, it, it, the depth and breadth and the places they can go in ways that you just can't. The, the cost of producing a book, if it fails, is so much less, you know. So I'm trying to look at it from a money making perspective. If your audience does not care. If they just want the same thing over and over with different clothes and different hair color and, you know, a slightly different setting, then yeah, artificial intelligence is going to have no problem re replacing writers. And if there's money to be made by it, publishers are going to be all over that. But then what's to stop somebody else, a smaller person from making their own publishing company and doing the exact same thing? Like, where's the competitive edge and, and all of that? It's just so much more complex than just artificial intelligence is going to replace writers. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on this question, but uh, I say that I'm probably with the majority on this since it seems that most of the people who responded to this survey are in the one to five bracket, which is not likely. And then the six to 10 would be highly likely. So i'm exhausted just talking about that <laughs> all right next next question and this again gets back to what is the publishing industry do you think the publishing industry should have a code of conduct regarding the use of artificial intelligence to create books uh, overwhelmingly yes but then like you said what is the publishing industry because you know like hollywood you can actually say what the industry is because they've got you know the writer's an actor's guild and all these different guilds that work as unions and they negotiate contracts and, you know, it's all written in there. And when you say, you know, oh, the, the movie making industry, this, that, or the other, there's that, you actually know what you're talking about because everybody's abiding by the same standards, but there is no such thing in the publishing industry. It's, it's a free for all. Mm -hmm. So when you say, do you think the publishing industry should have a code of conduct? Well, I think there should be a code of conduct regarding the use of artificial intelligence. But who's the we here? You know, who are we actually talking about? Because what I have in mind and what the industry insiders have in mind might be two completely different things. Yes. And I because I use sports analogies for everything, this reminds me a little bit of college athletics and the difference between big time college athletics and smaller version college athletics where there is a governing body called the NCAA, but they have no power. 
It's just the, it, it is essentially the five big conferences and it's working its way down to three big conferences who just say, this is what we're going to do. This is the way we believe it should work. And this is what we're going to do. So it's, it's possible that, um, you know, the, the big publishers will come out with a code of conduct for what they're going to publish. And that might filter down to everybody else. And it might not be the same from one to the next, right. you know, yeah. like this publisher has this code of conduct, that publisher has that code of conduct, and that's going to create chaos for an author of like, oh, you want to get your book published? Well, you have to follow these guidelines for this publisher, these guidelines for that publisher, and that's that would be a nightmare. Okay, next question. Do you think readers should be made aware of when all or portions of a book have been created by using artificial intelligence? And I, I think that question could be parsed out a little bit more, but if... You I mean like 93.4% of the respondents said yes, but what I want to know is what do you mean by artificial intelligence? Yes. Like I I, I believe in uh, disclosure. Like I, I'm all in favor of that, but do I, you know, are we talking about spell check, grammar check, punctuation check, or are we talking about the AI actually was your ghostwriter, you know? Yes. Or, or do, somewhere do in between, them? like the AI is, is giving you um, offstage character names, for example, uh, that have almost nothing right. to do with that, the story itself. Go, how is artificial intelligence different from human intelligence? If you your name is slapped on the book, but you didn't write it and you used a ghostwriter, shouldn't that be disclosed? How is How is this different? Yeah, really good point. Because there are, I mean, I, I can't name names, even if I wanted to, even if I had the permission to, I can't because I don't know the names. But I have at times had conversations with authors who were ghost, who write under their own names, but who are also ghostwriting for someone else. They couldn't disclose who they were ghostwriting for, but they were talking about the experience and whatnot. And basically, their names were never going to show up on the books that they were writing for these other bigger name authors that is never disclosed i kind of take umbrage (laughs) at that like if we're going to create an awareness for artificial intelligence then we should be doing it for for human intelligence as well yeah really good point all right now this i find really interesting do you think artificial intelligence should be used to translate books I am surprised at how many people said no to this. The 63.6% said no. I'm like, I think that that is probably one of the best uses of artificial intelligence, but not to just translate a book and say, okay, done, but that that's your first pass at the translation. And then you have an actual human translator comes in behind it behind them and you know compares and cleans up and makes sure everything is accurate and correct. Because that's basically taking the largest mental load off the job. I would think I'm not a translator. So somebody who is a translator might be looking at me and just rolling their eyes going, you have no idea what you're talking about. Shut up already. In which case I humbly stand down. But from someone who does not have experience with that and who knows how mentally taxing it can be just to try and find the right words or convey something the right way to have something come along and throw you down a 
here's a rough of what how this might go down, which is what you people use chat GPT and artificial intelligence for and drafting books in their own language for anyway, um, to do that in the second language just seems like that's a, a really good use of computational power that allows you to save your mental energy for doing the detailed work. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I wonder what about. the answers would be if if the question was changed slightly to be um, your your backlist. Would it be okay for you to translate using technology translate your backlist to different languages and put those books up for sale after having them edited in those languages in different countries? I wonder if the answer would be sixty six percent yes instead of sixty six percent no because this is I think I, I think this is I think the caveat good well I I it, it's one thing to think of this idealized world that that we want to live in and it's another thing altogether to think about oh my gosh I if if this were happening I would have a much greater chance of not only having my books translated into Spanish and German, but into 25 other languages. And a company that does this could do this fairly inexpensively. And if they hire editors in those individual languages, they could get these books out pretty quickly. That would be cool. I, th I think the issue is with the wording of the question, mm -hmm. because we're not defining artificial intelligence specifically. And it doesn't, it just says, translate books, which gives the impression that you're running it through the equivalent of a smarter Google Translate and then pushing publish. And I, I would say no to that too, if that's what I thought they were talking about. But to use it as just part of the process, that that's not in the question, you know? So I think mm -hmm. that's why we get the answer that we're getting is the impression that it leaves is just, you know, filter it through a language filter and go. And I would say no to that too. Yeah. And that, that would, as you said, that would be the rough equivalent of, of saying, here's my story idea, chat GPT, write the story. And then just publishing that, that, that would make yeah, no sense. Exactly. At all. And there is, I don't know if you saw this, but there is someone who, who wrote and published a book on Reddit just as an experiment. Um, to see how long it would take to do. And A, it took a lot of time for him to do it, to figure out the prompts, and to get it to the point where he could edit it and make it decent. And the overwhelming response of, of people who read it was, this is cool that you did this, but the book sucks. <laughs> okay. Uh, but what I want to know is how many of those people who said that uh, would have said the same thing if they read it and did not know that AI, like yeah. there's a bias yeah, that that comes into play yeah. as well. Yeah, and and it would depend on where it was. If it, let's say, for example, it was a science fiction book, and it was in a science fiction science fiction reading community, would they have a different response than a science fiction author community? Probably. Right. Yes. Totally. Yeah. That's it. This next one is interesting. It says, "Do you expect artificial intelligence to negatively impact act author incomes within the next year?" 10 years. And it's fascinating ten, the because... The next 10 years. Sorry, sorry, 10 years. Sorry, my bad. Um, it's fascinating because, you know, three quarters of the people who respond to this said yes, right? But when you go back up and you look at how many people think that it's likely that publishers will make use of artificial intelligence to replace writers entirely, the largest majority of people said not, not likely. 
So there's a disconnect between the replacing authors and um, d- impact negatively impacting author income. So uh, the, if you if you look at those two side by side, what they're what these respondents are saying is we don't expect them to replace us, but we do expect them to cut us out of a lot of the income. And I totally buy that. I, I feel I'm like yeah, because anytime technology or automation or anything like that comes along that helps to solve problems or make things easier. It's never people on the bottom rungs of the socioeconomic ladder that benefit from it. It's always people with a lot of money who are looking at it as a way to make more money. I don't expect it to be any different when it comes to uh, AI and author income. Yes, it, I think it will. it would further condense that chart that we uh, that we talked about earlier uh it might increase the top level income a little bit but i think the bottom level income would expand as well and the middle would be the one that really shrunk that's quite possible artificial uh, let's see as an author would you like your name and works to be excluded from ai training and results um and so then they give an example this would prohibit queries like write me a thriller in the style of include author name. Yeah, this is hilarious to me. So you've got 14.3% of people who are saying, I'm okay with AIs using my name, work, and voice and results. And about 86% people saying, no, absolutely not. So I'm thinking about this and I'm like, I don't really have a problem with my name or my voice being used where I have a problem is not being credited. So if someone wrote a thriller in the style of author Taylor Stevens, but never made mention of that, yeah, I have a problem with that because it's derivative. It's it's taking what I've developed over the years, years of hard work and slavery, away and basically saying, hey, look what I did, but you didn't. Artificial intelligence <laughs> did it for you by copying me. So I'd at least like a note on there saying this this was written in the, the thriller style of Taylor Stevens. That's all I want. But without that, no, go away. That's not fair. Go away. Especially if it's somebody who does that and then, you know, gets a you know seven figure deal out of it i'm gonna sit here seething seething with resentment <laughs> if that were to happen <laughs> don't invent your own voice you bleep, 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 bleep. so that for me it's not the issue of having my name and work and voice used or whatever it's the the lack of creditation and somebody who has no relatively little skill benefiting from years of my hard work all right, so let's without without even saying, "Hey, thanks." Let's take this question and take a hard left turn with it. Okay. Are you familiar with the the Google AI system that's coming out, or is sort of no. it's in beta already? It's I think it's called Bard. Uh, no, I I heard of it when Skype binged me and said, "Hey, how can I help you?" I'm an AI. No, that's, that's Microsoft. Not Google, it's that's Microsoft. Microsoft. Yes, but but it's everywhere now. Yes. you know, well, it's, it's in browsers. What's what's not everywhere Blizzards, it's... is um, when you 
say yes, I want this stuff. Like, for example, we talked about, I, I think it's called Pilot in, in Microsoft. I have not seen their license agreement. I have seen what you have to click to accept with BARD. And without, I'm not a lawyer. I I can only interpret these things for myself. But the way I read it, when you say, yes, it's okay to do this, then you're giving Google the right to learn from all of your emails, all of your Google Docs, and there are a lot of authors who write using Google Docs, and all of a sudden, you could have, even if, like Taylor, for example, if you if you did all your writing in Google Docs and you just said, yep, I'm going click to click to accept that, they've got access to every manuscript you've ever written, and they could very quickly do a write this in the style of Taylor Stevens. So pay attention I'm to those so glad. click to I'm accept so license glad. agreements. I have been such a privacy maniac. <laughs> if I was going to say yes to something like that, it would be on a device that is not connected at all to any other part of my life. Like I, I wouldn't. I'd ha it would have its own Google ID. It would be on a VPN that doesn't point back to anything else. Like I, I don't use Gmail or any, I try and avoid free email accounts because they all scan the contents of your emails anyway. And I'm just like, I, my viewpoint on that is if you want access to my data, pay me for it. Like you don't get to steal me and then sell me to other people without compensating me for it, you know? So I think I'm a little bit ahead of the curve on this one, but yeah. I could see it being really bad. Yeah, and I'm, I just, uh, I'm usually... we have no protections. In... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, just in, we have no privacy protections in this country. It doesn't, it does not exist. I mean, except for a minimum when it comes to your medical data, mm -hmm. but even that, ugh. so th there's nothing that prevents you from being the product. And yet the companies that do this to us have so entwined themselves into our lives that in many ways you can't exist without allowing yourself to be the product. Now, the presentation for Microsoft's pilot, if that's what it's called, and I apologize if it's not, but it, it, it's this new thing that's built into um, Office. They've, for as an example, they they show how quickly you can build a PowerPoint presentation if all of your stuff is in Outlook. Um, it because it can gather information from everywhere using AI, including your emails, including your spreadsheets, including all this stuff. So you can just say, you know, build me a sales chart for for this product for the last five years. And if you've got that information somewhere in there, um, you know, maybe they can go and find it. But the fact that they're using that as part of a presentation that, yeah, we're looking at everything you do. And um, we're going to use that to make this that, one little getting, thing easier for you. It's getting pulled like chat, like I say chat GPT, but it's all AI, right? It doesn't forget. Mm -mm. It's there. And so what? let's say 15 years from now, you've got a stalker and they're like, dear AI, tell me everything you know about Daisy Brown. And all of a sudden, 
all of Daisy Brown's stuff, which has been sucked up by AI. There's just like this, let me spit you out. She's talking to so-and-so and and went here for breakfast and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And like, oh boy, oh boy. Yep. All right. We've gotten a little bit off track, but that was that that's the end of the survey. And I found this really interesting when I saw it and forwarded to Taylor. And so hopefully, hopefully you guys have have found this interesting. Um, do you think we should do the uh, the reader one for the next episode, Taylor? I don't know. We might have bored our audience to do <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll just save that. If people want it, they can let us know and, and we'll do yeah, we'll let do us that. know if you and want. And you can also find this online. Just you know, you can you can look it up. Uh, the International Thriller Writers Artificial Intelligence Survey, author responses and reader responses for March 2023. So that is it for this week's show. Thank you guys very much for listening. Thanks for listening, and we will be back in your ear again next week.